Thanks for tuning in to the Truth Revolution Records podcast. This episode we have with us in studio Aiden Carroll, bassist, uh, who will be putting out a record on Truth Revolution Records coming out 2015. Um, thanks for coming in. Hey, hey, thanks for having me. And uh, why don't you, what's the name of the album? The album is Original Vision. Original Vision. And uh, start off by telling us uh, the concept of it and, you know, basically uh, how you developed the record yeah well basically the record sort of came about you know over years of playing shows in new york with my band and you know kind of steadily composing and um you know the more i did that just the more it became evident that i wanted to do a recording and sort of capture the groups that i'd been working with and the personnel and um you know, specifically, original vision is sort of like, it's a, you know, it's a vision of how I saw and heard my music being played and captured, and specifically with the musicians who are on the record. So, you know, right. yeah, it all came came about fairly naturally. How, um, how long has did it take you to record the record? Um, recorded it in the winter, basically, of 2013. And beginning of 2014, so December and January. Um, and, yeah, it was like two days in December, at the end of December before Christmas, and one day in January. So, but then, actually, that wasn't all I did. So I did, that was all full band recording. Right. And after that point, um, after that last day in January, I went back in the studio, and I wanted to sort of give myself the freedom to do overdubs and any kind of sonic extras that I was hearing for any tracks. So I went back in and sort of did some creative things with um, Michael Perez Cisneros and uh, as well Simon Solvang, who's the assistant engineer. Right. You know, they helped me get some kind of synth sounds that I used on a few tracks and did a little like vocal overdubs and parts where I was hearing it. Um, and I also created an intro and outro track, which I played just myself. Um, so yeah, it was you know I would say, recording was over the duration like three months. Oh, okay. Yeah. I want to ask about uh, where you recorded it and the experience with playing with the the bands because you have two bands right two different. Yeah, basically. Of... Yeah, yeah. The experience was good. It was, you know, I think making records is is a, a beautiful challenge. It's like it's not easy, but. It's one where you kind of learn and grow throughout it, you know, especially afterwards and reflection right. upon it. So um, the experience was good all around. It was, you know, it's always a little hectic just trying to get that many people in the studio. And um, I had two different rhythm sections. Um, now, John Ellis was playing tenor sax throughout the record, so that didn't necessarily right. change. But one half is with David Bryan on piano and Justin Brown on drums. The other half is with Sullivan Fortner and Joe Dyson. Um, so that was sort of the two bands. And then there were two tracks where I had John Ellis plus an alto player, Ben Van Gelder, who's an old friend, um, as a guest. So, yeah, I mean, honestly, I didn't exactly know what songs I was going to keep for the record. I had like a whole batch that I was recording with each rhythm section and um, you know 
after doing the recording, I kind of went back and was listening to takes and I just sort of started putting it together and, you know, trying to really create a cohesive, you know, statement. Right, right, right. Sometimes can be a lot harder than people think. Yeah, there's a lot more that goes into it. <laughs> so you had you had your two different bands, and are they both your working bands, or do you have one working band and? Well, that's a good question. I mean, I kind of came with the concept several years back. I I kind of played with each rhythm section separately, and I liked each one so much that I wanted to keep that. It's kind of crazy yeah. in New York to do that, but. That was sort of my idea. Um, it wasn't always consistent because, you know, it's hard to get get people. Um, you know, everybody's busy. But, um, you know, I really liked the way Dave and Justin played together and all three of us. I did a gig at Smalls, I think it was in 2012, with those guys plus John Ellis, and that was really fun. Mm -hmm. That had, like, its own energy. And, you know, I started writing for these groups. I wrote specific tunes to feature like Justin and Dave and and John pretty much you know he eats up anything I like right. throw at him right. so he was like with no matter what the rhythm section was he really like I thought he dealt with the music in you know a really personal way and sort of just you know really took it on um, so yeah and then you know the other rhythm section we played a few gigs too with Joe and Sullivan, and I'm also part of um, Sullivan's band, which is the same rhythm section. So there's some nice cross-pollination there. Nice crossover effect. Yeah. And um, so you you were talking about New York, but you, are you originally from New York? Where, where are you from? No, definitely not. I'm a transplant, <laughs> like many of us here. Um, I'm originally from Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. All right. Actually born in... Uh, randomly in a small town in Pennsylvania, uh, Swickley. But um, I grew up in Oklahoma, which is where my dad is from. And, um, you know, I moved to New York in 2006 uh, to do a master's and kind of continue music. And I'd been playing jazz since about uh, actually only high school. I switched from drums to bass okay. when I was like a freshman. And then uh, I kind of got... You know, I got really into it, and um, and then I went to undergrad for on full jazz scholarship at um, University of Central Oklahoma. So that's right. really where I kind of got my start. So we're gonna play a song, play a track from uh, the new recording. Um, Aiden, what would you like to uh, uh, play? Uh, this tune is um, called "Catch Symbolis," written after a character from a Henry Miller book. All right. My favorite books, and it's with uh, this tracks with John Ellis, David Bryant, and Justin Brown. Sounds good. Uh, what he said, catch symbolists. Yes. All right. That's right. Here it goes. <laughs>
thank you very much for listening to the Truth Revolution Records podcast. And um, I'm your host, Akai Curtis, usually hosted by John Michelle, but he's out this episode. And in studio, we have Aiden Carroll, bassist, composer, and um, band leader um, with his new uh, CD. Original um, Vision. Original Visions. <laughs> and we just played Catch Symbol. Catch Symbolists. Catch Symbolists. With a K. All right. It's a Greek. Right. It's a Greek name. Oh, okay. I'm not that's... actually sure if that's how you say it. That's, but. that's why I can't I can't say it. Can't even pronounce English words. <laughs> but um why don't you explain? Um that tune maybe uh you know some of your arrangement and a, a, a compositional technique into it and what you were thinking when you composed it. Sure. Um I'm kind of a generally more abstract thinker when it comes to compositions and I mean, basically the way I write is I start with an idea, usually that comes out of improvisation. Most of the time I write from the piano. Um, but this one, actually, I wrote mostly from the bass. It's a you know, sort of unison bass melody with the sax and piano. There's not really any chords in the melody, not until you get to the solos. Um, but I had, had read this book called Colossus of Marusi. It's a Henry Miller book about his travels to Greece. Uh, I'm a big fan of him, just his sort of life wisdom and the way he kind of understood people and dealt with people. And Katsimbalus is sort of a really strong um, character in this book, kind of like a strong-willed type person, right. uh, a bit of a wild character. So, uh, you know, try to put some of that those characteristics into the tune, and, um, and it's a really simple, you know, arrangement to the tune. We play the melody, I play a solo, John Ellis plays one, Dave plays one. Both of theirs I love, by the mm. way, on this track. And then we play it out, so it's really, you know, I think it's under five minutes, and um, yeah, that's the gist. Ra radio friendly. It is radio friendly, <laughs> hey, you know. Some, some. Jazz can be radio friendly too. That's right, that's right. So, um, so tell tell me about uh, some of your influences in terms of um, you know musical compositional, um, you know maybe I'm, I'm I'm curious to find out you know your influences on bass. Mm -hmm. You know. Yeah, definitely. Oh man, you know influences in general, just uh, life and you know everything we go through and um, all the changes we kind of live through as people. I think it's it's sort of an influence whether we know it or not, you right. know. And um, I'm definitely a kind of reflective type person, and so, so the whole album kind of has this, um, you know. I think a, an arc that is related to various points in my life right. and compositions that were created at different times. Some more recent. There are a couple of things on the record that I just came up with. They just came to me like right before. You know, actually, uh, one of the tunes, Undiscovered Simplicities, the title is sort of about, you know, discovering something simple out of nowhere. It's like, right. you know, sort of a mysterious process, how we create and find inspiration. Um, so, you know, I, I think, um, you know, life, books, art, you know, all those kind of things, intellectual things definitely are in inspirations to me. Um, more musically speaking, um, my first real bass teacher 
that I ever had was John Patitucci. And, uh, oh, wow. Yeah, so I met John when I moved to New York. Uh, I went to City College because he was teaching there. And uh, me and John really hit it off just personally. And, uh, you know, I was surprised to find that we had very similar feelings about where the music comes from. You know, the traditions, like respect for the tradition and right. an interest to study that. But also, on the flip side, to, like, push your instrument and how you express yourself to the next level, like beyond um, the past. So, you know, looking towards the future a little bit. And, um, but, yeah, otherwise, you know, everybody you would think of, you know, as far as bass influences, um, you know, Ron Carter. I love Oscar Pettiford also because right. he's, he's from Oklahoma. Oh, nice. He's got some Indian blood. I got just a little bit, too. So, right, there you know, it is. It he's got that connection. He's got the thing, man. He's got the that feel. So, um, you know, Jimmy Blanton before him, I love listening to that stuff. Yeah. And George DeVivier, you know, all these guys that had that big beat, but also a big sound. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of contemporaries and peers I could think of that I... You know, I love Joe Sanders playing. Joe's right. a friend. Um, I'm I'm a huge fan of piano players. If if anybody hasn't figured it out yet, you know, I have no. two different piano players on the record. I also play a little bit, you know, nice. overdubs from Rhodes and whatnot. But, um, my mom's a pianist. She's a classical pianist. So I've always loved keyboards and, you know, all the great pianists, um, composers, you know, the influence is like, it's such a big question because I've been playing music since I was like 10. Right. And I played drums first. You know, I played with my dad. We we would play like blues songs and Bob Dylan songs. Like I grew up on folk and blues and roots music. Right. Um, and, you know, I, I kind of dabbled in that for many years before I even found the bass. I, I studied classically. Um, you know, I took lessons at a, at a young age to kind of learn music theory and was playing xylophone and marimba. Mm. I played in marching band, um, doing all that stuff. And I played in a rock band. You know, I used to be 100% into classic rock. Led Zeppelin, Jimi Hendrix, right. Buddy Miles, like all those, that whole era I love. I still love it. Right, right. Um, and uh, so, yeah, there's this, you know, there's a lot of background. I, I'm kind of... My interests are all across the board. So, you know, I found jazz because I think it's kind of one of the most challenging types of music that you can play and spend time studying. It's like an endless history. I was going to ask you, so you you have a background in classical studying or classical music. And I w was there a, an album or a musician that kind of grabbed your attention to bring you into the jazz? Or was that always in... You know, and and you're just part of the music. No, well, it's a good question. The only real jazz I heard growing up was um, my dad had Pat Metheny albums. Right. So he had Pat Metheny group stuff from like the '80s, which is beautiful. But he also had the trio one with um, Roy Haynes and Dave Holland. Mm -hmm. So I used to listen to that all the time. And then he got as a gift from somebody um, Thelonious Monk, Straight No Chaser. Right. So those were really the only jazz albums I grew up with, but I got into it sort of naturally. When I was a drummer, um, 
I got really into progressive music, progressive rock, Emerson, Lake and Palmer, Yes, King Crimson, the sort of like borderline fusion groups. Right, right. And then I got into fusion. I remember I heard Return to Forever, Romantic Warrior, and I was like, what is this? Yeah. And that was it. I heard one Stanley Clark upright solo, (laughs) and I was like, okay, let me go backwards. And then I started going backwards. I started going from fusion, you know, to everything before that wow yeah yeah i remember those records i i also had i used my, my father was a big fan of return for to forever so really? was, yeah so a lot of that was played in the house yes wow yeah so it's, it's also it, it's good to be you know i guess to have your origins in music such a, a more more vast and more varied have a large variety of stuff to choose from and then that kind of just adds into your playing which kind of develops your own character you yeah know? i totally agree and I think it's one thing that, you know, not to speak from a um, pedestal or anything, but I think it's one thing that New York musicians I've met could learn, you know, in the jazz world is sort of, you know, learning and embracing other styles of music, especially as a bass player, someone in the rhythm section, you know, the value of, of um, you know, studying Motown music or, right. you know, groove, right. like real groove and you know, Latin, like what, whatever else, you know, there's so much out there. Yeah. You know, and John is actually really good with such a large variety of music. John, Michelle, mm-hmm. usually is the, the host here. And so like, you know, I'm, I, we find each other, we, we find ourselves just in so many different conversations about that exact thing. Like, you know, he, he knows so much that I learn a lot uh, from just talking to him about the different varieties. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's really interesting to then see that you're like, oh, wow, you know, I kind of have a, a a similar connection to this other piano player, or this other drummer, this bass player. And then you find out that, oh, we grew up listening to kind of the same type of music. Exactly. And, and you know, that kind of just, you know, those little funny, funny little things like that happen in music. So, they all kind of flow yeah. into each other. Or sometimes you find somebody that has such a different perspective and then you like that, too even though it has nothing to do with the way you play. And I, I mean, I love that too. I have a, that, that's another funny thing about uh, music, you know. Yeah, yeah, so. you can always be surprised and sort of, you know. Right, what are, what are people to expect when they hear your album? I know we're playing a couple tracks here, but in your own words, can you describe, like, I don't want to say, you know, what would you categorize it at? Because I know, you know, jazz is a vast category yeah you know you have classic jazz and it goes all the way up into stuff where you're like even i question like is can that be called jazz right (laughs) so i mean i and and there i think there should be so many more smaller categories rather than people saying oh it shouldn't be categorized it's all in one thing yeah Yeah. you categorize it small and then people know what they're gonna get Mm -hmm. but in in your own words i mean if you were to describe uh some of your music on this album yeah. And is this your first album, by the way? This is my very first okay. debut right. album. That's right. Oh, this is going to be good. Yeah. So, I'm, And I'm sure not your last one, right? No, I hope not. Yeah. I just have no idea what the next one will be. That's what I'm saying. That's <laughs> what I'm saying. So you, you can pick a... You can be an orchestra. I yeah. Mean, I mean, why a, not? You know, I think... With the Boston Symphony Orchestra, <laughs> and then it says jazz. I mean... No, I'm, I'm 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 making a joke, but it actually can happen that yeah, way. Yeah, shoot mean, for the stars. I think yeah. you know when you create and you you know we're lucky to be in this world and and make a living from this. That when you're gonna put something out there into the public, 
that you really, you know, do it for yourself and and do what you hear. Do right. what you, you know, why not? Like right. create an orchestral piece or if you hear something on that scale, I, you know, I think go for it. And this right. this album is kind of it was a certain point in time I had also been in a a touring band that I had left about a year before I did the record and that gave me a lot of freedom to kind of change some things in my life and one of them was recording this album which I'd been wanting to do for a few years so the timing was just right you know um I kind of forgot your question. No, it's all right. I was I was gonna bring it back because uh, I I'm the one that brought you off. But um, oh, I, I was gonna say, you know, could you if you were to describe somebody, say, hey, what type of music is this? I mean, yeah, what, yeah. what type of jazz am I gonna get? Um, yeah, why don't you explain? I don't mean to put you don't you don't have to put it in a box, but I mean, uh, in your own words, you know. Sure. If you were to describe it, um, I would say, the record, is sort of like, jazz with freedom and soul you know I've, I've always another one of my big influences uh, is like Marvin Gaye's music and there's some aspects of that in this there's right. also I mean I think there's a lot of things I could think of to say um, as far as influences on, on the style but overall I think there's it's a very raw record to me it's very human when I listen back to it um, in the way I played and the way everybody played, it's just in the moment. And that's right. sort of the kind of jazz that I like to create. Um, my compositions can be somewhat specific sometimes as far as what I'm going for. But I think the overall feeling is one of, uh, um, you know, sensitivity and freedom and expression and this kind of raw human you know sound right right so. yeah I, I do hear that in the music you know and, and I, I enjoy it very much I know when people hear it they're gonna think the same way they're gonna uh, I, they, I, they I have like a, it too yeah I have a feeling that they're gonna really enjoy um, that aspect of you know how truthful truthful the music is I mean I like to use that word obviously but I hey, mean it's you a know, it's just, revolution of truth exactly and it's I love that name is. too oh, thank you you know thank I think it I hope it coincides you know with my record and I I think that's definitely a good description is it's, it's a very truthful record yeah. I'm not trying to be anything that I'm not exactly I guess we're going to play another track yeah. and this next track um, what's the name what would you like to play so speaking of groove this is um, a song a uh, sort of special song I wrote a few years back for my lady, who is now my fiance. Oh, congratulations. Thank you, thank you. Um, the name of the song is called Sundays, and it features a, a incredible singer named Chris Turner. And, uh, yeah, I hope you enjoy it. Cool. Summer heart 
trapped in winter Your smile is glory Welcome back, and that was Sundays by Aiden Carroll, and uh, we're discussing his new album to be released, 2015, Original Visions. And, original Vision. Oh, Original Vision. Excuse me, I'm sorry. The, the whole thing it's is a collection. confused. Yes, I, you know, I tend to do that. I think I've done that multiple times on this podcast. Not this one, but different ones, where I just pluralize, you know, their, their title. It almost um, was that. Huh? I, oh, yeah? Yeah. What was the decision to make it a uh, vision? I felt like 
singular just sounded better, honestly. It's kind of one vision. The whole album fits under one vision. Right. Know, one original vision. Yeah, As sometimes... opposed to multiple. Right. And sometimes it comes down to that, too. You know, the, the, the way it sounds phonetically, too. Yeah. I mean, it's important. There's music. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, you gave us a little bit of background on, on Sunday. And um, is there... I, I mean, people are going to be able to to pick this album up at uh, Truth Revolution Records. And we're also working in conjunction with... Um, what's the other record Light label Records. Light Records in the UK and Ireland. Right. Run by a great musician, drummer, producer named David Little. Nice. So if you're out there listening to this podcast, you'll be able to get it at uh, Light Records. Yes. And um, uh, this is the first time we're doing something like that. So this is going to be a new... Uh, venture and opportunity for Truth Revolution Records and uh, working with another label. And we do this. We also work with um, a few different labels, Holistic Music, which we're working on a project with Little Johnny with, and um, also with Ralph Peterson, his label Onyx Productions, um, where he's released uh, many, many records on, and we're going to be working on a joint um, record soon. But both me and Lucas grew up playing with Ralph Peterson and... Right. Um, you know, there's going to be a great, great opportunity. So we're looking forward to things like this. Um, and we love promoting uh, other independent record labels that yeah. are, you know, doing similar things to us. Uh, I think the, to me, that's the, you know, part of the revolution, not just musically, but um, also what we're doing. You know, I, I think you go back in time to like the 40s and 50s or, or around that era. And, you know, they're gigging five times a day, really focusing on music you know, developing um, that sort of aspect of things. And, uh, you know, we don't have those opportunities today, but we have other opportunities. And I mean, right. I'm constantly working. If it's not music or composing or gigging or touring, then I'm working on the record label, the business aspect. I'm also working on, uh, you know, production aspect, things like that. And yes, you, we record our own uh, records. I'm sure you know, you know, how to produce a record where, you know, those are those. It's just a different time. And yeah. I think this is kind of our time to do this. Yes, you know? diversity and sort of, you know, learning multiple trades right. all across the board. And, yeah, ultimately just connecting people, you know, to the music. And Yeah, that's. I think that's one of the cool things about this record, you know, you guys putting it out, which I'm very happy about, and also this uh, label in Over the Pond across the pond um, and getting you know some other audiences into it hopefully right that was sort of my goal just try to spread this music as far as I can you know yep. and, and um, so yeah I'm happy that both labels were down yeah yeah so look so 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 let people know um, where they can hear you play like um, maybe they want to go to YouTube and type in your name or, or do things like that and I know you have your own perf you have your own band but uh, in terms of like who you're working with right now, any names, uh, uh, you know, feel free to let people know where they can find um, Aiden Carroll. For sure. Well, you can find me on the web, of course. Um, my website is AidenCarrollBass.com, and you'll see there um, some listings of performances. Right now, I'm uh, honored to be sort of subbing with Fred Hirsch, Fred Hirsch's trio, um, which includes Eric McPherson, another uh, Hartford yep. dude. That's right. Um, EMAC. EMAC. 
So which is also he's on um Chris Allen's um last recording, Circle House. Yes. I just met the, Chris at the at the benefit for yes, Ed LaRose. That's right. Right. So good people. Um and uh yeah, I've been subbing with Fred since the summer, so it's a relatively new thing, but it's been an incredible experience. So we're playing in Chester, Connecticut, actually, on November 21st. Okay. If uh, people hear this before then. Um, but otherwise, my, my main touring gig is with a singer named Lisa Fisher. And um, Lisa's a wonderful woman who is known more as a background singer um, with uh, Tina Turner, Luther Vandross, Nine Inch Nails even. Wow. Uh, Rolling Stones. And she's kind of having a solo career again. So I'm, I've been lucky enough to be a part of that band, and we're doing a bunch of touring, mostly in the States. Um, we'll be in Chicago and Minneapolis in, uh, this December, early December, and yeah, more stuff next year. And um, the other main project I'm involved in is Sullivan Fortner's band, um, who's the pianist who's also on my record. Mm. And Sullivan has been picked up by Impulse Records, so uh, we'll be recording with him and uh, I'm sure playing more shows. So, awesome. Yeah, I mean that's that's kind of the gist of the the various side projects. Um, and um, you know, you mentioned producing and kind of having other skills today, and that's kind of another thing people can sort of look out for. Is um, I've kind of played on and co-produced a few tracks over the last few months that um, should be coming out next year probably. Mm. And yep. I always put that stuff up on my website and, you know, uh, working to develop that skill, recording, producing, and right, um, and, and various genres, too. It's not just jazz for me. I'm kind of branching branching out with uh, all my different interests and trying to put that all together, you know. Sounds good. Sounds yep. great. Sound busy, man. It's, it's always a good thing, especially in these times. Gotta be. And we're going to... Uh, uh, First of all, I want to thank you all for listening um, to the Truth Revolution Records podcast and uh, uh, subscribing, and you can let your friends know um, where to find it. And uh, we're changing up the website. We should have a new uh, homepage uh, pretty soon, and the podcast is going to be right there on the front page uh, available for people to subscribe to. So um, I want to encourage you to let people know and check out the records. You know, we have a lot of great artists and great selections and um, we also have been, uh, we just got in two new batches of Nuestro Tango and Together, which we sold out of, which is a great thing. Um, so now it's available in physical copies, which it wasn't uh, for a few months now. So um, feel free to check out the website and uh, maybe pick up some of these albums. And then, of course, we're going to have Aiden back on uh, when um, the album comes out in 2015 so thank you guys very much we're going to close out and uh end with a uh a fade out of one of your tunes so let me which one should we use to fade out of this podcast let's uh let's fade out on a tune called soul song all right soul song thank you very much thanks for having me <laughs>